Good morning. This is our annual festival of carols where we sing through uh, uh, familiar carols that we've all sung many times. Words will be on the screen. Uh, and we're so happy to have uh, Matthias Chides with us here today on violin. And I personally, as I'm sure you all are as well, am super excited to have Dusty back with us this morning. I went to Dusty about a month and a half ago and I said, is there any way you will play on our annual tradition of angels we have heard on high that we've done every year here for probably 10 years or more? And so he's been working it up, and uh, we're super excited to be able to do this with you. It's the one song we'll ask you to stand on as we start today's service. So if you'll stand with us, it's our most rowdy of the tunes, so don't be scared. (laughs) Let's sing together. Here we go. One, two, three, four. We have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strength. Please be seated. Our first reading comes from Isaiah chapter 40, and the prophet Isaiah writes, Comfort, O comfort, my people, says your God. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all the people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord.
Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to PCC, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ, living out God's love, transforming community by the Holy Spirit. I have a couple of announcements I want us to draw our attention to. Mainly, I just want you to read them. There's, a, there's plenty of time later in the day. Bring this home. Find out what's going on around here. I do want to draw your attention to Christmas Joy Offering. Uh, it's happening this morning. And this is to retired pastors, Presbyterian folk. And if you want to donate above and beyond um, your tithes, gifts, and offerings to BCC, this goes into the hands of Pat, right? 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 It goes in there. And then I just want to remind everybody next week, and hopefully there's some flyers back there, um, make sure you invite somebody to this. Our Christmas concert next year, or next week, not next year, uh, next week is happening, and uh, the, the king is born. Um, let's continue in worship.
And as you're seated, I'm going to invite Doris and Pat Thompson to come light our third Advent candle. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here this morning with you all. Uh, just a little bit about myself. Um, I was ordained here in the church in uh, 2003. And so I was the associate pastor under Tim McCalmont and then served here and then went off and served in um, Washington for five years and then went to Portland and then went to Long Beach. And then after that, I, I went and served UCI as a chaplain for five years and then February, no, yeah, February, I retired. So it's good to be retired. (laughs) A little bit about joy, since we're lighting the joy candle. Um, When I was a pastor here, one of the... (laughs) One of the joys here was... (laughs) Marion, Jeff... And Erica, and then with Quinn and Nathaniel, uh, baptizing them. That was a lot of fun as a pastor. And so I guess my real joy is seeing the family um, grow up in the Lord, and they have a strong faith. And so I'm glad for that. So. Yeah, I do want to share that definitely retirement is one of my greatest joys. I retired this last year along with Pat, and it has just been so much fun. But before that, to tell you just a a little bit about myself, I worked for 17 years at a faith-based nonprofit. And the mission of that nonprofit was to equip women to share the love of God and their faith and to tell others in their community. And we did that through outreach events small group activities, but also equipping them just how to share in everyday conversations. Well, during the course of those 17 years, I heard thousands, thousands of stories of women who had come to know the Lord. And through that, often if they had a family, their whole family came to know the Lord. And that was transformative to myself You know, to experience the celebration of story after story of how the Lord can change the trajectory of your life. And just give you a brief example of that was just this last week. Eric and I had the absolute joy, actually, to be with Kathy Byrne and to go to the Samaritan's Purse warehouse, where we put together some more of those red boxes along with hundreds of other volunteers, and literally thousands of them came through our hands. Well, we had an opportunity to listen to a video of this young teenage boy who, unfortunately, was deaf at birth, and he was an outcast in his village. He received one of those red boxes, and at that moment, he said he knew that God loved him and also accepted him for who he was. He asked the Lord into his heart, and it changed his life. And now on this video, he says he's a proclaimer. And so that is just an example of just the joy that Jesus talks about that is available to us when we are part of his Great Commission story. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. 
His kingdom will never end. The word of the Lord. The theme of joy just carries through everything in the service today. I'm even wearing my joy shirt, so I fit the theme. But scripture says to us, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. 
But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So it is with joy that we come before God now in a time of prayer. Pray with me. O God, we are people of promise, thanks to your abiding grace. We respond with great joy. Through the gift of your Son, Jesus, we are born anew. You do not forsake us when we stray from your way. You have sent us the Christ, who shows us your will and brings us your love. We pray for those who eyes have not seen that Christ lives in their midst. Continue to send your messengers to our nearest neighbors and the remotest people on our globe, that your ways may be known upon earth, your saving power among all nations. Empower us to be those messengers of hope. As our Jewish brothers and sisters celebrate Hanukkah, we pray for them as they worship in areas of hostility and anti-Semitism. We pray for peace for them, We pray for a joyful celebration, and we pray that people can live together in peace. We pray for the people of Tennessee recovering from the tornadoes that blew through, taking property and lives. We pray for our area with its high winds and fire danger that all are safe from harm. As heavy fighting continues in Gaza, we continue to pray for that area, for protection of the people, for release of the hostages, for humanitarian aid to be able to get through, and for peace between these warring areas. Gracious God, having sent your Son to lift up the lowly and fill the hungry with good things, Send us, your church, in helpfulness to accomplish the same mission in this time and place. Send your people to sympathize with the suffering, care for the sick, feed the hungry, cool the fevered brow, and comfort the anxious and bereaved. May our faith in Christ be evident in our compassion for others. We pray that you will comfort and empower those who face any difficulty or trial. We ask for your healing touch to rest on Buzz Costlin following his hernia surgery this week and the following infection. We pray for Edson's niece, Angela, in Africa as she goes in the hospital tomorrow for surgery this week. And we pray for successful surgery. We continue to pray for healing and comfort for others in our midst. For Patty, Terry, Dusty, and others that we name in our hearts. And knowing the blessing of health, we give thanks for those who are healing and recovering from surgeries and procedures. Almighty God, you have made us and all things to serve you. Now prepare the world for your rule. Come quickly to save us, so that wars and violence shall end and your children shall live in peace, honoring one another with justice and love. Through Jesus Christ, who lives in power with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And before we go into our time of offering, I'm going to invite Dwayne Tobert to come forward with a message about our finances. Uh, Good morning. Um, I'm Dwayne Tobert. I take care of the church software system for pledges, contributions, and statements. And I was asked to give a little bit of talk about our status of this year and next year. So this year I've been informed that we're about $40,000 in the hole, in the red, if you will. 
And uh, also next year the pledges are running behind for this year. So <clears throat> I'd like to take this opportunity to request that if you at all possible to increase your contributions for this year and uh, get in a pledge for next year. Now, some of the folks do automatic payments, and so they don't turn in a pledge. So we have to guesstimate that they're going to be the same. We hope they'll be the same. So if at all possible, if you're able to give more, we'd like to take this opportunity to request you do so. Thank you. Scripture reminds us to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So with thankful hearts, let us now present our tithes and offerings. And if the ushers would please come forward.
A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Fourth reading, Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guiding their, guide, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. 
And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in the strips. Suddenly. Have you everybody found that? Is this different than that? Suddenly, there it is. The angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those who God has pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The flocks went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God. Are we supposed to sing that? It's bold. I like it. Let's all read it together. Just as bold, right? The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. That's the word of the Lord. And we get a bonus because I'm going to preach on something different. So here's Luke 15. Is that up there? No, it isn't. Let's go to Luke 15. Before I... There it is. Of course it is. That's my bride right there. Okay. Before I read this, I want to just give you some background. This is the middle of three parables Jesus taught. And he's teaching to the Pharisees and the scribes. The Pharisees and the scribes are the religious types, the people that take themselves seriously. In fact, Eugene Eugene Peterson calls them the serious in the message. And what are... Why is Jesus telling these parables? Because these serious folk, these religious folks, these people that go to church every Sunday, but not church, they go to synagogue every Saturday, they do all the holy holidays, they do all the right stuff. Jesus isn't spending time with them. And they're grumbling. And they're angry. And they kind of say, why is Jesus hanging out with all these sinners and these riffraff? And nine times out of ten, why is it turning into a party? Right? That's it. You can laugh. Yeah, that's that's right. And Jesus says, I'm going to tell you why. And he says it in form of three parables. And he first talks about the lost sheep. And then we're going to be talking about the lost coin. And then he tells the parable of the lost son, also known as the prodigal story. Here it is, Luke 15, verses 8 through 10. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice, rejoice with me. For I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord. These parables, maybe more than any other scripture, describe the heart of God. Describe and narrow in and focus on what God absolutely loves and adores. I came across this commentator and he says this about how different these these parables portray God than other religions, other philosophies. He writes this. And I'll, I'll tell you his name. Let's see. Geldenhas. That's what he said. That's who's writing this. He says, In no other religion in the whole world does one come to know 
God as the one who in his love seeks the lost person to save him or her through his grace. In the writings of other religions, we see how man seeks and yearns for God. But in the Bible, we see how God in Christ seeks man to save him for time and and eternity because the Savior has paid with his precious blood for the redemption of man. Every soul has an infinite value in God's sight and the way to the throne of grace lies open to everyone, everyone who desires to enter. Amen? Now let's look at that text. First, um, that's all three parables, right? That's the heart behind all three parables. And that's Jesus' answer. But notice, in all three parables, his grace and his love are not rational. They don't make sense. Right? If you're a shepherd and you have, 99, you have 100 sheep and one strays, what happens if you go after the one? What's about the 99? The wolves eat them. The wolves eat <laughs> that's not rational. A shepherd will tell you that's not, no, that's actually not what you do. What about this parable that we're looking at? This woman has 10 coins. And I absolutely love that Jesus uses a woman. Raise your hand in here if you're a woman. (laughs) This is straight to you. This says God's heart is like your heart. What What does this woman do? She has 10 coins. She's lost one. Is it logical? Yes or no? No, it's not logical. (laughs) It's not logical. And it turns even more illogical after she finds it. You get this picture of this woman with this lamp, and she's looking around everywhere. Right? That's God. And who are you and I in this parable? The The coin. Who in here has lost something extremely valuable to them and they're not going to leave this room until they found it? <laughs> Doris, although you had to leave this room without, that's a very similar story. A couple weeks ago, she lost a diamond. So if anybody finds a diamond, it's Doris's. And don't ask her to describe it because <laughs> it's a diamond. You get this picture of this woman. There's no way she's going to leave this room without this coin. But then it gets even more absurd. What happens after she finds the coin? She takes it and she runs out and she says, Hey, Jeff. Hey, Cordy. Hey, Rick. Linda, come on. Let's party. I found a coin. And she just starts dancing and she starts singing. Let's celebrate. We found the coin. We found the coin. If I was her neighbor, I'd say, what's this lady's problem? (laughs) It's a coin. You've got nine other ones. It's not actually a problem that the woman has. It's a beautiful attribute, and it narrows in on God's You can't really describe or define grace. You can come close, but you, but you can't. Because we have such a problem with linking works and reward or earning. You know, my, my clo- you've heard me tell this illustration. It comes close. 
You're driving through the S-curves in Newport Back Bay, and you're going 60. And the speed limit's like 35. Cop pulls you over and says, hey, I'm going to let you go. That's forgiveness. Cop pulls you over and hands you a donut. That's grace. It's over and above. But the, the way that fails... It's regardless of whether you break the law or not. It's regardless. That's, grace is over and above forgiveness. So much so, it's, it's in its own category. It has nothing to do with your actions. It has nothing to do with your ideas. It has nothing to do with your thoughts. It has nothing to do with what you've done or what you haven't done. It has nothing to do with any of that. You're just that lost coin. And his love is furiously after you. I don't think furiously is the right word. Because it's no like anger. What's the passionately after you? It's uh, relentless. Thank you, Stephen. I think that's the first time I've ever called you Stephen. (laughs) Um. And then, much like that first text I read, angels tell the shepherds what's going on. What do the shepherds do? They go. And they tell everybody about what the angels are doing, right? Right? Okay, good. I like the connection. (laughs) This woman, in sharing her joy, is inviting people in. She's sharing that, yeah, I have a, N.T. Wright writes this, and it's about the last part, when the angels chime in. If you discover what's going on in heaven, you'll discover how things were meant to be on earth. That, after all, is the point of praying that God's kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. You follow that? Applications. It's not that page, it's not that page. It's gotta be. Maybe I ate it. Maybe the dogs ate it. Oh, here it is. There it is. It is this page. Our king of joy is inviting the Pharisees and the scribes to celebrate. And he's doing the same to us with us this morning. What are we to celebrate? Our foundness. Did he find you, Maisie? Absolutely. There's a Christian rock band called Altar Boys. They have a song called You Found Me. And at the end he goes, you found me, you found me. They keep repeating, you found me. And then he goes high, you found, you found me and everybody in the audience when they would play would just erupt because they had all been found by the risen Christ. They had experienced that transformative power that Doris was talking about. Grace steps in and finds you in your, in your murk and your mire and it doesn't say, hey, clean up and come to church. It says, hey, I love you as is. I love you enough to change you from the inside out. Let's do this. So we invite heaven in when we celebrate our foundness. And how else? Who in here has found something that you can't help but share? Anybody? 
everybody's like, yeah, yeah. What are some of those things? Money. money. You found money? Preach, preacher. Right? Testify. And you're inviting heaven in those moments. Specifically, Jesus is talking about our testimonies. Specifically, he's talking about growing the church. Specifically, he's talking about this kingdom outpost. And he's challenging us to love in such a way as to challenge the community around us that we have to respond with stories like this as an answer. Do you follow that? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, remind us here and now how you found us. Remind us here and now how you would not leave the room until you found us. Help us this week to live in that truth. Help us this week to live in that memory, in that identity. And as we do so, help us to find the people that you want us to find. And all God's people said, Did God find you? May God find someone else through you. May God's peace reign in your lives and in the lives and spread out onto the lives that you cross paths with. And may God's face shine upon you.
And may our joy be contagious. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.